phase zero, episode four. What? I'm sorry. I'm just having a little popsicle to start my day. <laughs> you no are ridiculous. Ridiculous. No that was delicious. That was a good popsicle. Listen, welcome to phase zero, episode four, the only show that has an episode count, which annoys the crap out of me because it is one episode off of the episodes that we are talking about every week. <laughs> episode five. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. I am joined today. Jamie Jirak is here. Good morning. Jim Viscardi is here. Boom. Red shirt guy is back. We love That's to see right. it. WandaVision episode five aired today. This is phase zero episode four. That mismatch will forever grind my gears. Uh, we are talking about the, the latest Marvel news. We have a lot of big Spider-Man 3 updates. Ah, kind of big, not really that big. Uh, Thor 4 had some set photos. We have War Machine scoops that Don Cheadle is just dropping like like they're bombed like they're nothing. Wakanda when the, when the Outriders are trying to break through the, the wall there. Uh, and we have a very special guest today, so without further ado, I feel like we need to just get straight to this. Uh, to some of you, this is the man who will give you advice on all of your fantasy football needs as ESPN's Senior fantasy football analyst. He finished in fourth place, though, in the Agmo Superhero League uh, with the Russo brothers and all of the Avengers. And you may know him from Neil from One Life to Live. He's got a, he's got quite a resume. But I'm putting my pick uh, that most of you Phase Zero listeners know him as an agent of Shield, partly responsible for Loki's escape in Avengers Endgame. Joining us on Phase Zero today is Mr. Matthew Barry. What's up, like? First off, Brandon, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, you know, the easiest way to get me on a podcast is say, hey, do you want to talk about the time that you were in an MCU movie? That, I'm in. I'm in. You know, literally. Like, you're a 13-year-old kid, and the only person that listens to your podcast is your parents, but you want to talk to me about uh, the MCU? I'm there. Uh, but specifically, I take issue with one part of your introduction. I finished in fourth place in year one of the Agbo Superhero League, but I finished in third place this past year, and I kind of got a little... I got gypped, honestly. Like, had I, I played, I say, I played Simu Liu, who obviously is the star of the upcoming Shang-Chi. I played him in the one semifinal. Chris Evans and Chris Pratt played in the other semifinal. Had I played either Evans or Pratt, I'd have moved on to the finals and I'd have won the league because I scored more than both those guys. But stupid DeAndre Swift goes off for Simu and Eric Ebron gets, gets hurt on the first play of the game. He goes out and I lose by nine points. Those North Carolina kids. Over 10 points going into that game. So we had a lot of time to think about this, man. All I'm hearing. won the league. No big deal. I'm not upset about it. I'm clearly over it. It was all for charity. It sounds very unimportant to you. Yes. But I'll just say it's 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 very easy to coach on Monday morning. That's all yeah. I'm saying. It's right. but uh, so listen. It, thank you for joining us. It is it is my pleasure to have you on the show, man. Uh, it is so cool that you were in Avengers Endgame. We're going to talk. I want to hear about your experience in that. But first, because we have to talk about this WandaVision episode, I want to run through the news really quickly because there was a lot of Marvel stuff that came out this week. Tom Holland did an interview with Variety. Uh, and he did a whole podcast. So that's where we want to start. I know we got the Tom Holland stands listening right now. He totally downplayed Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in Spider-Man 3. First of all, he said he never met Kirsten Dunst. He said he bumps into Tobey at parties for like as if that's a casual thing. Yeah, I bump into I bump into Tobey Maguire. At, I can just I I can just picture Tom's voice. I bump into him at a party. Yeah. He's a cool nice guy. Yeah, anyway, I should never impersonate. Is awful. Um, listen, listen, we're going to act like that didn't happen. At least this isn't being recorded. <laughs> but, I, like, does anybody believe him at this point? Jim, do you believe him? No, I mean, look, that's the that's the thing, right? Like, 
we just assume everybody is lying to us these days now, right? Like, look, they've got their own secrets to preserve. We understand that. Tom Holland is notorious for uh, dropping things he shouldn't have. I'm sure uh, after the years of uh, Marvel training, he has now learned that uh, he can get into big trouble. But he knows, right? He knows we know. We know he knows. And so we're okay with uh, the the current, you know, let's put up the smoke screen for right now. I'm not okay with it. Sasha Banks lied to me. Okay. And that has yeah, to me. Brandon, I, drop it. I can't. I can't. If she, let me catch her in these streets. Okay. 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 Well, hold on a second. Because, because here we've got a perfect person to ask Matt, what, what are those restrictions like? Like you, I think Everything. you've said in interviews before you sign, you sign so many documents like I will tell like we can get into this when we get into sort of my part, but I will just tell yeah. you that when they called me to say you have a part in Avengers, um, they wouldn't tell me they were obviously filming Infinity War and Endgame back to back. They right. wouldn't even tell me which scene my movie was in. I, I'm sorry, which, <laughs> which movie my scene was in. They were like, you're going to be in obviously one of those two scenes. All they would tell me is you're in a big action sequence and Downey and Hemsworth are in the scene. But that's all they would tell me. They didn't tell me what I was playing. They didn't tell me. They didn't tell me. Um, uh, you know, they didn't tell me that uh, that that Loki was in the scene. That that Hulk, that Ant Man were in the scene. Like none of that. They didn't tell me. They didn't even tell me the plot. And uh, and they certainly didn't tell me that Robert freaking Redford was in the scene. So they don't tell you anything. And then you get down there, and you have to sign a million other NDA documents. And then they hand you. I actually brought this for you, and we can we can go to this. But th they hand you a script. This is my script. So first off, your name's oh all over goodness. it, so that you know if like, hey, if this winds up on the internet, we know exactly who's who's leaked it, right? And it's like, and this is this is the script they gave me. Like it's two pages. Like you here. Here's the only thing you need to know, <laughs> right? And obviously, I'm four not hour phenomenon. Here's your page and a half. A, a thousand percent. So like, I almost was going to interrupt and said like. Yeah, he probably he may not know Andrew Garfield and, and, and Toby Maguire in this movie. Like I'm Joe, I'm exaggerating obviously somewhat, but I mean, like we saw what we saw the kind of trouble that Mark Ruffalo got in, right? Yep. You know, I mean, and so I trust me when I tell you they they um they hammer it home. It's a big big thing, and um, I'll give one last small quick anecdote and then we'll move on. But like I remember. When we were filming our scene, there were a bunch of uh, a, a, a paparazzi managed to catch a, a catch a shot of uh, uh, Thor in his Avengers one outfit, you know, mm. with the hair. And obviously that was a big spoiler because they didn't want anyone to know that there was time travel or that, you know, they were going back in time or that they knew that set, that people at comicbook.com and everywhere else on the Internet seeing Thor in the Avengers one outfit from the set of Endgame would figure something out. So they literally had to go to this guy and like make a deal with him not to not to share that photo. Like, you know, hey, we'll give you something else, but please don't share this photo. Like that's how, you know, I mean, like they have security there, like who immediately noticed the photog and tracked him down. And like, I mean, wow. they are, they take it very seriously, very, very seriously. And Tom Holland, who I've never met, but I know obviously a lot of people who know him, they all say that like, that's who he is. He is like the loveliest, sweetest guy in the world. And so um, I'm not surprised that he, 
played coy you know the, of all the people <laughs> in the mcu i'm not surprised tom's the one who's playing by the rules he's uh he's, he's enough time in hollywood could turn anybody into a liar but i think he's still a good uh, i think he's still a good kid who just learned his lesson so uh if you're just joining us on twitch right now we are joined by matthew barry who was in avengers endgame we're talking about the latest Marvel news on Phase Zero, and we're talking about the WandaVision episode in just a couple minutes. First, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Though I have a, this is a question for Jamie. Do you think? Do you think the the multiverse, the the idea that there's potentially this multiverse happening in the in the next Spider-Man and Garfield is a is in some way inspired or result of the animated film that you know Chris Lord and Phil uh, that uh, Lord and Miller did. I definitely think so. I, I definitely um, there's definitely inspiration there for sure. I mean, it's many people would argue that in Spider Verse is the greatest comic book movie ever made. Um, that's a lot of people's opinions, so of course they'd want to take that and and make it as big as possible with as many awesome people as possible. I do believe Tom Holland hasn't met Kirsten Dunst though. I'm like, <laughs> I, I believe that wholeheartedly. He was like, so I, quick he, to he say that. He literally picked someone that he knew we hadn't met yet so that he could spout that out. Jamie, do you oh, think, never do you think met that's Kirsten because Dunst. Kirsten Dunst can't get into the parties that Tom Holland is at? <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, she doesn't care about parties. She's living her beautiful life with Jesse Plemons. She's over that Hollywood life right okay. now. That's my opinion. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be – listen, we all – I think today's episode of WandaVision goes to show how far how far the surprise – if the surprise is kept, what it yep. can do, and if the surprise is not kept, what – you know, how that how that feels. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to move on to the next bit of news here. First of all, Sharon Carter, the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. A T-shirt leaked. We're talking about keeping secrets. A T-shirt leaked. And <laughs> it had Sharon Carter on it, listed as wanted for breaking the Sokovia Accords. Uh, Jamie, I, you're a Sharon Carter fan, right? Like, I, 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 who is the biggest Sharon Carter fan here? It's no, Matt? Me. No, you don't like Sharon Carter? <laughs> no, oh, you're probably, are you no, one I of those? Like you, hold on, hold on. I, I have to ask Sharon Jamie Carter. here. Are you an anti-Sharon because she kissed Steve? I'm not no, anti-Sharon. No, no, no. I'm not anti-Sharon. I think Emily Van Camp is great. I think that it's not that they kissed. It's that during her aunt's funeral, she like flirted with him mid-eulogy. <laughs> that has always really bothered me. And I just, I think that she's capable of so much more. And I look forward to how they move past what they did in Civil War. Um, so I, I hope to, in the future, be able to say, yes, I am a Sharon Carter. Stale, well, but okay, so then I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna talk this over to Matt then. Why do we think she's wanted for, uh, was she, I, I personally think maybe she was responsible for, or she helped Steve Rogers get the superheroes out of the raft prison after Civil War. She's clearly driven by a her own moral code, right? Uh, she she clearly is or has her own moral code. Like for one, she stands up to she stands up to Alexander Pierce. You know she's the one that you know uh, there in Witcher Soldier that's um, that says hey hey you know that literally after Alexander Pierce like you know uh, you know says that Captain America is a traitor. She stands up and stands up right to her boss right even though uh, she's not the number two. So and and then she obviously goes against the Shield at the moment the Shield directive to. Um, uh, that that Captain America is a fugitive, and then to your point, she's also okay with making out with her dead aunt's, you know, former boyfriend at her funeral or flirting with him, right? So she has her own moral code. Uh, my belief is, I don't know that I have a strong belief here, but what I do think is it's really interesting is we haven't seen her since Civil War, and 
we also haven't seen Falcon since um, since Endgame. Like we, you know, and so the idea is is that I think this ties into time travel somehow. Go with me here for a second. We don't know the results of. All we know is that Steve Rogers goes back goes back in time, lives a life with Peggy Carter, shows up as 112 years old or whatever to hand over the shield to uh, to Falcon. 112. Huh? 112. He's something Maybe. like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's old. Back. He was old. Like it's some insane age. But so we don't know what happens along the way, right? So yeah. that's a whole untold story of what what that history is like with with when. Uh, you know, in the in 2012, in Avengers One, what an older Steve Rogers, who's now in theory married to Peggy Carter, what that effect has on Avengers One or any of the timeline, right? And so, so Steve Rogers, with his knowledge of everything that happens, but now older and with Peggy Carter, does he give some knowledge to Sharon Carter, um, his now niece, right along the way? And I feel like. I feel like finding out some of that history is going to be part of Winter Sol- of Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, because you see in the trailer how, uh, you know, um, Sam Wilson says, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. has a complicated history, right? And yeah. so far we've seen a pretty good history for the S.H.I.E.L.D. So I feel like, I feel like that's, that's a, true. I feel like that one line is a big hint to me that, that we're going to learn about what happened in this new timeline, yeah. and I feel like Sharon Carter is a part of that. It all depends on which time travel theory, whether you go with the Russos or you go with Marcus and McFeely, because everybody has a different time travel theory. Sure. And so it, by your theory, which is the one I actually think is the case where kind of whatever happened already happened, that would imply that Steve is living in the, 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 the main timeline already, kind of there's two of them, and he's at the funeral carrying the casket, which has been a popular theory, and he's watching himself flirt back with Peggy's niece. It's weird. I don't know. That's, I like that theory, though. I, you know, I'm all, I'm all for tightening a tinfoil hat. All right. Next bit, Armor Wars. Well, what I, will filming. Hope, I will say oh. this. I'll just say one quick thing. I do hope. I thought that I thought that uh, X-Men Days of Future Past did a one really the best good Marvel job movies. of tying up all the loose ends. Like, there was a lot of timeline issues in the X-Men universe, right? And I thought that movie did a really good job of explaining away a lot of sort of the the plot holes. And I don't think there's nearly the plot holes in the MCU that there were in the X-Men universe. Like, I mean, it's, you know, night and day. But there's there's small little things that could be tightened up. And I'm hopeful that some of these these next, you know, these Disney Plus series do a nice job of doing that. That, like, you know, we're already seeing it with WandaVision somewhat in terms of how, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing other... We're seeing events from different angles. I'll yeah. leave it back. I think I think the Disney Plus shows and a lot of the movies going forward are going to kind of be broken into three different entities. Like you'll have your Earthbound, grounded stories like Black Widow and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You'll have your uh, uh, multiverse stories like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and WandaVision. And you'll have time travel stories, which will be Ant-Man, Quantumania, uh, Loki, and things like that. And obviously they're all going to kind of overlap with each other in some ways. So it's going to be interesting see how that all plays out uh, and, and how it all comes back together with these kind of different 
worlds within the world, I think. So another one of those grounded stories I think is going to be Armor Wars. That starts filming in a couple months, Don Cheadle said. He also said War Machine is in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's exciting. We get him back. I also think he's going to be popping up in WandaVision. We'll talk about that when we talk about WandaVision. There was a nice little reference to set that up. Uh, Sam Hayek said that Ajak, her character who is the leader in the Eternals, is the only character who can talk to Celestials. I find that very interesting because there are a lot of very powerful people in that Eternals cast from like, uh, I mean, you have Icarus, you have Athena, you have, I mean, like everybody, Jim, you're a huge, you're the biggest Eternals person here. I know. I know this for fact. Look, here's, here, here's what's probably going to happen, right? So there's this thing that the Eternals do that it's called the Unimind. And I imagine that uh, they are going to do, they will do the Unimind thing to communicate with the Celestials through uh, uh, Selma Hayek's uh, Ajax. So I, that's, I think there's that, a Marvel sniper in your room right now. Put your hand <laughs> like, no, wait, no, 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 like legit. Well, there was like a red laser on your hand. What was that? <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's the oh. um, it's the oh. light on my microphone. Sorry, Marvel spoiler in the too? house. Oh my gosh, Jim. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay, so the Unimind is an interesting thing. Eternals, I, mm, I can't say anything else. Thor 4 had some set photos. And we saw Star-Lord's new costume. He's getting a, a costume upgrade, which kind of looks like some of the more recent comics, which I think is cool. Uh, and maybe like he's getting his version of Beskar armor. Thor is <laughs> jacked. Chris Hemsworth is shredded again. Uh, he got a bow flex. He committed. He did the thing Star-Lord said he was going to do. And he's got long hair again. Dude, there are two I, things I, about... There are two things about this Thor costume that stand out that are really freaking cool. One, the vest is totally reminiscent of... Uh, depending on what era of comic fan you are, either the most beloved or the most derided version of Thor, which is Thunderstrike, which is not technically Thor, it's technically somebody else. But the coolest thing, uh, other two that you saw, was basically like the yellow ribbon kind of stuff on the boots, which is a total throwback and reminiscent to the Jack Kirby original design for Thor. So uh, definitely on a cool things, you know, for, for folks who may or may not have watched uh, a wild podcast has appeared earlier this week. We also pointed out, it looks like there's a pokeball on his shirt. And so I have no idea if that is just pure coincidence or not even something in general, but that would also be, I could see that as Thor, uh, you know, blends a bit more with pop culture, that being a thing. So that's more uh, wishful thinking on my part. But like I said, very cool aspects just in that one set photo that I think uh, gives us not necessarily a lot of information, but are very just cool Easter egg nods that we love to see from these Marvel movies. And a very I'll of- add that, uh, that I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school by telling this. Hopefully I'm not. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing that I will say that um, Hemsworth is an incredibly nice guy. And, you know, the two days that I was on set with him, really nice. But he did say that the only, uh, the only bad part of that was he really didn't, in, didn't love the wig that he had in Avengers 1. Yeah, like um, he really didn't like that, and like um, he, you know, in previous in later movies, uh, they because when we filmed when we filmed it, Ragnarok had just come out, and I remember asking him something about like, hey, were you happy to not, you know, not have the long hair, uh, because just you know, Offset he didn't have the wig on, right? He had he still had short hair, and uh, he said, oh yeah, it's 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 it doesn't breathe that well, and it, and the he says they got me better wigs as the movies went on. But my wig in Avengers One was really heavy and didn't breathe really well, and so um, uh, so I know there there probably was some sort of negotiation to get him into a into a long hair wig. <laughs> that uh, checks out. Thunder. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. I just uh, wish that in on that they bleached his eyebrows, but they didn't. But that's fine. <laughs> and the, listen, we're going back to Kenneth Branagh, Thor, 2011, bleached eyebrows. I don't think they're ever getting that back. I think Hemsworth has the star power now to say no <laughs> to, to bleach to the, to the blonde eyebrows. All right, everybody. We're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to dive into a lot, of the, a lot of Matt's experience, Mr. Matthew Berry's experience on the set of Avengers Endgame and – this is your spoiler warning. In a few minutes, we're talking all about WandaVision Episode 5. So this would be a great time to go watch it if you haven't and come back in a bit. During this ad break, I highly recommend hitting follow on our channel. Be right back. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Episode 4. I'm Brandon Davis, joined by Jamie Girac, Jim Viscardi, and our special guest, Matthew Barry. Matthew, man, you're living my dream, dude. Everybody knows I want to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've done it. You've been there. You were in Avengers Endgame for a very integral scene with Tony Stark, Thor, Loki, the Hulk comes barging in, Robert Redford, Alexander Pierce is standing right next to you. That is awesome. Uh, so I really like... Hey, by the way, stop it right here. It's not... That's more than awesome. Awesome is like, hey, I got to meet Robert Downey Jr. Like, dude, I'm in the MCU. Like, people are like, oh, my God, that's a bucket list moment. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Bucket list. Like, who thinks you could accomplish that? A bucket list is I want to climb Mount Everest. A bucket list is I want to, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want to kayak down the rapids. Like, that's bucket list stuff. But you can't sit there and you're like, you know, before I die, I'd like to be in uh, in the highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> you know, like, no. I pre, you know, like, and you should take full credit for that box office. Been awesome. It should be the Phase Zero podcast. I would think. <laughs> listen, I, I, I needed to let you do it because I don't have the right words. I, I haven't. Ex- I, listen, if if I ever get in the MCU, I'll I'll spend a whole episode talking about how to hyperbolize the experience. It, it sounds like an absolute dream. And I can't, I, if I did, I would just be sitting here oozing with jealousy. If I, if I continued to talk about how awesome it was for you. Well, we find, when I finally was able to talk about it, by the way, when we, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of like, I had to sign so many NDAs. I wasn't allowed to acknowledge that I was in the movie until the Tuesday after it came out. Like, like Disney was like, no, you can't even acknowledge that you're in the movie. Like, so like people would go see it like Thursday, Friday, and they're tweeting at me like, dude, is that you next to you? Is that you next to Alexander Pierce? And like, oh my God, you're in the MCU and blah. And I couldn't even like go like, yeah, that's me. Like, I I wasn't allowed to even tweet or acknowledge that I'm in the movie until Tuesday uh, because they were so, you know, fearful of, of spoilers and, uh, you know, so it was, but it was amazing. When we were finally able to talk about it, um, I, we went on my podcast, and of course I brought it up all the time. And I, I made a poll, because we were making a joke on, on my podcast, about how much I talked about it. And I said, listen, uh, how many times, I'm in the MCU, I'm in Avengers Endgame, I have a speaking role in Avengers Endgame. For the rest of my life, I'm, I'm a cast member of Avengers Endgame. How often am I allowed to bring it up? Is it once a year, once a week, once a day? or every breathing second. And yeah. 62% of the audience said, I'm allowed to mention it every breathing moment. So I would have it on a t-shirt. It would be yeah. the only thing I wear. It would be a picture yeah. of me in the movie on my t-shirt all the time. I, I might tattoo it on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just go get the tattoo. It's funny you say that about the NDA because 
Uh, I know Ross Marquand, who became Red Skull in Infinity War, and I saw him at the Infinity War premiere, and I didn't know he was there, but I saw the movie, and I texted him, and I was like, dude, you're Red Skull, and he didn't answer. And like I saw him at the premiere, I was like, "Dude, you're Red Skull," and he was like, "Oh, oh, oh God, don't tell anybody, please, don't say anything." <laughs> <laughs> so the I I I did not know that they they go like until after the movie releases. I've never got like the tech. I've never talked to people about that kind of technical aspect of it. I find that very interesting. So but their what, point was like, which I sort of understand it. Like it feels weird. Like, dude, the movie's out. I you know people are reaching out to me, but they didn't want somebody to see on Twitter me responding to somebody who hadn't seen the movie. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, and, and spoiling it. You know, and anyone that and pull, follows who me, was that? Who was that running media, back? Who was that sorry? awful running back? That that that. Yeah, was that, that, I was just about to say, like, Lord I, Sean I, rode I, the bench to the Super Bowl. Good for him. Well, as he right. should ride the bench for yeah. spoiling it for everybody. Yeah, yeah that's what you get. That's right. Yeah. So, but okay, but like. I've met so many of these people because of I've interviewed people and it's been an awesome, like it is the coolest moment for me to get to like meet Robert Downey Jr. It's one of the highlights of my life. I had somebody, I was, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go meet Downey. Like, I'm not going to ask him for a picture, but can you take pictures of this for me? That, like, that's what, <laughs> yeah. So exactly. But so you step on, like, what was your first encounter with like Downey? Because you've known down, like you've known who Downey is, but was this your first time meeting? What was it like to just get on with RDJ and Hemsworth? And then they're in, these characters, like you're, it's kind of a double meeting. You're meeting Downey, you're meeting Tony, you're meeting Chris, you're meeting Thor. Yeah, I mean, look, it's surreal. And it's also, again, when we talk about secrecy, all they told me by the time I'm going to set, and if anyone wants to read about the experience, you should do this. If you read, um, if you just Google Matthew Berry, love, hate Avengers, I wrote a whole like 2,500 word story for ESPN uh, about my experience and how I got the role and it goes into a lot of detail. I think there's 2,500 words before you ever get to a football player. So even if you're not a sports fan, like you'll just, you'll enjoy that story. So if you just Matthew Berry, love, hate uh, Avengers or Matthew Berry, love, hate Joe Russo, it'll, it'll pop up. Um, and so, but all they had told me then um, was that I was a shield agent. Right. And they're like, we're going to drive you to set. You know, so I'm like, I'm in the suit. I take that back. They didn't even tell me because we go to set for rehearsal. You're going to go to set for rehearsal and then you'll come back. We'll put you in costume and makeup and everything like that. So I go to set for rehearsal and they don't need, they're just like, we're, because they take you to a camp, like a base camp, right? And I have a dressing room and everything like that. So I don't know. I'm assuming I'm just going to be a glorified extra. So I walk in there and then I walk into the building and I'm looking around like, I'm like, holy shit, this is Stark Tower. Like they didn't, you know what I mean? Like I walk in and I realize it's Stark Tower and I'm like, oh my God. So my first, that's my first moment was when I see the big Stark Industries and I see, I see the pillars and I'm like, that's my first moment. Like that was my first kind of goosebump moment was like, I'm in the lobby of Stark Tower. And then I'm like, and then I see all these other guys that I assume are like sort of, you know, that I'm going to just be one of this group. And like, no, 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 Matthew, you're over here. And they bring me to the, the middle of the floor and it's Anthony Russo, Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Hemsworth. And I'm like, so now it's just the four of us in the middle of the floor, and everyone else is around, and Anthony's running us through what the scene is. And now it's my second, holy shit, right? And then, um, and then, so, you know, obviously I know who they are, right? And so I, I say, hi, how are you? And I don't know if they know who I am. I'm super nervous about that, right? Because... <laughs> In, in, in this sense, not like in an ego way. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The idea of like, 
that Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Hemsworth, who I've never met before, that they're going to know who I am and they're going to be like, really? The fantasy football guy? Like, this is Avengers Endgame. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, because if, if, if the way Hollywood movies, if, if they could easily have been nice to me and then turn around behind my back and say, like, really? The fantasy football guy? Like, what are we doing here? Can we do a little bit better? It's freaking Avengers Endgame. And then they're like, uh, yeah, Matthew, why don't you move all the way to the back? You know what I mean? But so I'm like super nervous. Like in, I'm trying to like keep it together, Barry, keep it together. But inside I'm like, my heart's pounding a million miles a minute. And Downey's just like, hey, nice to meet you. Welcome to the set. Like he offers his hand out first and welcomes me in. And like immediately like you, like every, like every tension just releases from my body. Cause I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can read somebody's eyes and you can like, and I look into his eyes and I realize like, He's a kind man. You know what I mean? And like, he's incredibly gracious. And um, I've never told this story, but he once told me, he he told me a story about when he, one of his first acting jobs. I remember saying later, cause I got to know him over the two days. Um, and I remember saying to him like, thank you so much for making me feel so welcome and so gracious. And you know, it's so incredibly kind of you. And he says, I think he, he mentioned his first or second movie. He said, I was on this movie, you know, when I first starting out and there was an actor, one of the stars of that movie was so incredibly dismissive of me and just made me feel like I didn't belong. It was so mean to me. And I swore to myself, I would never, ever make another actor feel like that on a set. You know what I mean? He goes, so, and I will tell you to a person, like for the two days I was there, like every crew person you would meet, you know, makeup, audio, tech, you know, lighting, they would all be like, isn't Danny great? Like just unprompted, like that's just who he is. You know what I mean? Like, isn't he great? Isn't he awesome? Like, it's a really nice family atmosphere, and I think that comes from the Russo brothers and from Robert. You know, it, it always attitudes on any organization, sets, or businesses always take their attitude from the top. And you know, if Robert Downey Jr. and the Russo brothers are incredibly gracious and kind and treat everyone with respect, no one else is acting out. You know what I mean? And so, you know, Hemsworth was lovely as well, and. Uh, so it was, so I finally like, okay, cool, cool. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm in Stark Tower. Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. All right, cool. This is gonna be okay. And then Redford walks in and then I'm like, are you kidding me? That's it. That's game over at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's in costume. I don't know if he just didn't want to deal with the back and forth or whatever, but he's in the, he's in the gray suit and the top, you know what I mean? Like he's full on Alexander freaking Pierce walking into the scene and you're like, uh, you know what I mean? And like, there's just a moment where it hits me like that Sesame Street thing of like, you know, one of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. And I'm like, let me get this straight. The scene is Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Robert Redford, and me. <laughs> what are we doing here, people? Yeah, that's the Mount Rushmore of Hollywood actors right there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're in there. So, okay. So the Super Bowl is this weekend. Right, and I know that probably means a busy weekend for you over there at ESPN, but it also means a busy weekend for us with all the Marvel stuff. Uh, I think we're we're getting a Disney Plus ad or an, an and or a Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. Matt, any 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 insight? I I don't know. Are you or what do you any or that you want to see? I uh, I like the Chiefs. I think it'll be a very good game. Uh, I think Brady is an incredible story, but the record that Andy Reid, who's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, has after a bye week is the best in NFL history. Meaning if you give Andy Reid an extra week to prepare, he wins almost all the time. And so he's had two weeks to prepare for this game. 
I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking Andy Reid. I believe Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl on Sunday. Are you more looking forward to the game itself or the trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I listen. I realize. <laughs> I realize there's a there's a uh, there's a you know a, a desire to play to the home crowd here, but the game. I'm not going to lie to you. I am much more excited for this year. I am much more excited. It's a trailer. You know, the game. Stop it, Brandon. I'm going to be honest. For me, it's it's the Marvel. It's the Marvel stuff. My my team's – I grew up an Eagles fan. I moved to Nashville. I've become a Titans fan. Neither of them are there. Falcon and Winter Soldier are there. I'm here for it. Uh, But, okay, so now, listen, everybody. This is is your moment. This is your spoiler warning. WandaVision – Episode five chatter begins now. Full spoilers ahead. Look at it. It's on the bottom of the screen. Look at Richard in the control room with all the fancy buttons. Woo! We love to see that. Spoilers for WandaVision episode five. We got to dive in. For me, hands down, not even close. Can't argue with me. And if you do, I'll tell you you're wrong. This was the best episode of the show so far. Uh, I could go on all day about why, but I want to let Jamie out. Jamie, you haven't. Uh, but I want to give you a moment to talk here and, and share your reaction and we'll, we'll go around the horn. Oh gosh, what a great episode. And I, I think that the reason why it's, it feels like the best is because it took the best of both worlds. We got the sitcom and we got the sword side of things. So it felt, it, it was, it was cool to see everything kind of coming together. Um, we, the, uh, uh, I mean, Wanda got scary. Uh, she, um, she pulled a Magneto move, uh, with those weapons. I mean, it was mind blowing. And now we've got vision, uh, suspicious. We've got some marital issues, which, you know, is nice. He, he wasn't going to fall in there forever. That commercial, the reference to the beginning of civil war, um, was real bleak, um, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, um, ultimately um, I mean Sparky he lived and died we really wanted to see Sparky (laughs) and he did not last long I just would like to remind everyone I would like to remind everyone that you heard about Sparky here first that's Uh, true we had Tom King on he said Sparky's coming and sure enough we got it (laughs) <laughs> but I don't. I don't think we've met the real Sparky yet. I think Sparky is a green little oh. synthesoid dog, and we'll see oh, Sparky come back to life. I hope. I was disappointed he didn't look like he like the dog green. in the Vision comics. Yes, yeah. yes. Jim, your thoughts on the episode? Look, it, I am really excited to when this is all done to watch it again binge mode because I think there's going to be a lot of things that we're going that we have seen. Uh, and things that we we are will kind of pick up, and when we watch it, kind of in in crunch mode. Look, I have been waiting for one scene this entire show. Well, two scenes. I'm still waiting for James Spader to show up as Ultron. That's I'm I'm like I got my mention out of the way. <laughs> the other scene was one of my favorite Vision stories. Comes from a West Coast Avengers arc written and drawn by John Byrne uh, called Vision Quest, and in that story their like, vision has has died and there they have taken him apart all on a table richard has the picture so i'm gonna let richard pick it up like i can't believe we saw that scene in live action like that is freaking awesome so it, it gives us a little bit of a hint thank you richard for putting that up uh gives us a little bit of a hint to where that like just 
the bits and pieces of Wanda and Vision stories that this this is coming from. But like so much of you know what came out of this story in particular was, and uh, this is where we got the new Vision, Vision who uh, was in uh, in all white and did not have memories. This was a new Vision that you know was basically a rebooted Vision, uh, and and like that may be where we end up with vision kind of moving forward. We may not have vision at the end of this, but if we do, I imagine it's something more, uh, more like this, but that is, was such a really cool moment. And like, just even like little things of like, you know, the, the mention of hex, right. We've been following all these hexagon shapes uh, over the, the last, uh, you know, couple of episodes. What does it all mean? And now it's got a, a, you know, a name to it. It just, it, the payoff in this episode felt way more felt better than the other episodes. Cause we got a lot more answers and like just that scene of Wanda coming through the bubble was so intense and so freaking awesome uh, that I'm just like, okay, give it, you know, like, give me more. Give me, give me, give me. Well, that was like that, that scene specifically, Jim, I think is going to be iconic and be one of the, one of those scenes that we reference back, you know, 10 years from now, right. That's just going to be like a very, like, her coming out like super badass out of the out of Westview, right? And to me, but it's interesting, Jim, because you say like we got so many answers in this episode, and we did, but I also think we got so many more questions, <laughs> right? We sure did about the questions. Like, let's talk about it. Like, so just off the top of my head, like, so we saw the twins age. We saw the twins age themselves, right? You know, when they found out like you you can't have a dog until you're ten, they look at each other. And they immediately go to, um, uh, to to age 10 years old. So what are the twins' power? Like, you would think that the children of Wanda and Vision would have some sort of crazy power. And the fact that they're already sort of communicating each with each other at five years old to, to raise up to 10. So yeah. is that them or is that Wanda? Like... Well, but I think that's the that's the thing too, right? Like the the through line through this episode was, especially at the very beginning when Wanda's trying to get them to stop crying, she can't control her yes. kids, and so I think that that brings up that question of like, you know, I think it's very clearly like, you know, right now Marvel wants us to believe that Wanda is the villain, but more and more as we see more of this stuff, clearly there are other things at play, and even like. The thing I, I, I also really loved about this episode, and then I'll shut up and let everyone else talk, is the the kind of emotional weight that this uh, like it was a roller coaster throughout this episode. So much so, where like you get to the end of the end of this episode, you have the big thing at the end, which we'll which we're going to talk about. But like, there's that that moment where you you don't know if you can trust Wanda or not, and part of me wants to trust her in the sense that. I think she understands she has control over things, but to the extent that she has the control has me believing that there is something else at play here. Obviously everyone wants to, you know, we're all thinking it's Mephisto. Um, and, and just like, it's so many of those things that like I, it, her not being able to really control uh, the kids, the more and more uh, vision, you know, you know, learning about stuff, what we learned about Norm, there's definitely something bigger at play here. And that's the question that we all need answered. Well, that's what I was going to say, Jim, is like, as you were saying like, oh, she can't control the twins, but is it she can't control the twins? It's interesting to see like how the twins' powers manifest yeah. itself. Or is it just she's starting to lose control, that she's controlling so much that pieces are starting to. So like when Agnes for the first time breaks character and says, do you need me to take that again? Like she doesn't have... Uh, she doesn't have total control of the scene, that she doesn't have total control of 
of vision, you know, like because he starts to he's starting to question some things that there are there are things there are moments where where she doesn't have control of the show. Right. She has to start the credits early, you know, yeah. because uh, because the conversation is not going in a place that she wants. So it feels like because she's now dealing with so many external forces, like she's trying to control the entire town and now she's dealing with this. Um, it's sort of, uh, you know, is she starting to lose control because she's dealing with so much? And the other questions here are, the other big reveal I thought was that he, um, that we found it for the first time that this was not subconscious. Mm-hmm. Like, because we, we knew that this had something to do with Wanda's grief, right? And we knew that, that Wanda had created this world or we assumed that was where they were going, right? And we certainly knew that after episode four, that she had created this world out of grief. But we find when we see the footage of her going into S.W.O.R.D. to get Vision's body, this has been a plan from moment one for Wanda. And maybe she's been driven by a subconscious grief, but that this is this is more planned, I think, than we maybe thought initially. I, I feel like there's definitely um, a, a, a bigger sinister force based around the children. Um, when I think that the Dottie theories are might be spot on, because if we remember episode two, for the children. And then mm-hmm. in this episode, Vision points out that there are no children. So mm-hmm. I think the children are the twins. And I think that, you know, we're aging them up because I, I believe we're leading towards young Avengers. I think we're getting Wiccan and speed. Um, and this is all the force. And um, I know that Mephisto certainly has a connection with the children. And I think that there might be a bigger ploy here to get those specifically to get those children. So who wants to just very quickly give the, who, out of Jim and Jamie wants to give the, the Mephisto explanation for the people who don't read comics for the, for the casual MCU only fans who here would be the best for that, the, to explain the devil and his manipulative powers and how he kind of is sure. those children Jim, are Jim, go for it. pieces of okay. Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll fill I'll fill in some of the blanks. I'll let Jamie uh, uh, catch anything I missed. Um, Mephisto is the Marvel Universe's Satan, Devil, Lord of the Underworld, etc. Dude is uh, almost like Dormammu in the sense that he loves a good bargain, right? Like, look, you know, it's not MCU connected or whatever, but uh, he, you know, has makes that pact with a with Ghost Rider, right? He's always making deals. Uh, you know, the the uh, probably one of the most famous Mephisto storylines of recent memory is the Spider Man uh, storyline. Uh, you know, One More Day, basically where. He makes uh, a or Peter Parker makes a pact with Mephisto to uh, you know save uh, Aunt May and but what that what the ripple effect that that has is in return he has to basically give up his marriage to Mary Jane and like you know his identity uh, you know is a secret again and so this is the kind of stuff that Mephisto loves to to deal with and so but he always tries to align himself with very powerful people in the MCU. And as we learn basically today, right, there is no one seemingly more powerful in the MCU than Wanda right now. And so it makes perfect sense that if there is a bigger scheme or or plot happening here, which again, could either lead into the multiverse of it all or horror of it all in the MCU, this is the kind of villain that you want to play in here. Now, 
honestly, to bring in a villain like Mephisto, I hope that they are truly slow playing this in a way that they've slow played Thanos because you cannot rush Mephisto. You need Mephisto is someone who has who always has a bigger plan at play. And I, you know, if we're just getting the seeds of it here and we're going to see how it, you know, spreads out. Look at me. Mephisto could be at the center of the multiverse stuff too, right? Where like there's clearly something going on here. Um, you know, and it's with the the Pietro reveal too, right? Where there there's two prevailing theories now with uh the Evan Peters as uh showing up as Pietro. One, uh you know, Wanda very clearly said, you know, we we can't bring people back from the dead. So she didn't bring her Pietro back from the dead, but she found a Pietro to bring. Like anytime that Wanda feels stressed out in this show, Agnes comes to save the day or, or a neighbor thing, you know, happens. And so she had that moment. She's having the fight with Vision. Boom. Here comes uh, here comes a Pietro. Now, the other thing is, is that may not be a multiversal Pietro. That could be you know, if there is a Mephisto thing at play here, it could be Mephisto playing up. Like Wanda is very clearly confused at what she is seeing. She kind of understands what she's seeing, but she's she's confused. And so I think to me that feel, you know, the Mephisto thing I think can play in play in there, but it's anyone's Boy, I, game at this Jim, point. Jim, I gotta tell you though, I that seems really, really meta, right? <laughs> the idea, and, and, but I mean, here's what I mean. Is like so. What you're referencing is for for people like, and I can't believe I'm the one explaining this, but I'll dumb it down because the dumb people. <laughs> Thank that's you. Me, I appreciate right? it. You guys are all, you guys, you know, and I say this with love and respect. You guys outnerd me in a significant way when it comes to comic books in this universe. Sports wise, I I can outnerd you guys stats wise <laughs> in sports, but in this area. But I will say is that so Evan Peters, obviously to your point, played Quicksilver in the X Men. Yes. Did not because that's one character that is owned by both. By both, it you know gets into a bunch of legal in terms of who who owns the intellectual property, but I think back to Incredible Hulk, which is where Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk is considered part of the MCU, and then obviously recast with Mark Ruffalo. But we don't consider those different Bruce Banners or different, um, sure, you know, different Incredible Hulks. Like you know the the actions that the Incredible Hulk took in the Edward Norton movie, um, you know, and the, the the tag scene, you know, has. Tony Stark, uh, you know, being visited by the Colonel, right? And so I, I, it feels weird to me. It would feel weird. And I understand, listen, it's WandaVision. It's crazy. And we're, we, we, Disney now owns 20th Century Fox. So it, it's all coming together. But it just feels weird to me that they would use the casting of a character, a different casting of a character to try to do a multiverse thing. Does that make any sense? I feel like, now it could be, it may not be actually Pietro, to your point. It could be somebody in disguise, but it feels like, it's not a different Quicksilver. It's not a different version of her brother. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, no, the thing is that you know we're expecting to see Toby and Andrew back. So this, to me, it seems like the the gateway to that to to start opening that door and explain walking the fans, the cat, like the people who don't aren't familiar with the multiverse through how the multiverse would work. It just seems like I, I like this episode ends. We're all like, oh, that's Quicksilver. So I feel like it's not going to be that. Like it's it's gonna be something else. I, it's it's tricky. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up. I want to. There was one little moment, and I mean, there's so much to explore, explore in this episode. We could do two more hours on this. But I, <laughs> there was a moment here that I think is important to explore because I think it it may have something to do with this series, but it certainly has something to do with a grander MCU. Which there's a moment when Darcy mentions that either Wanda or Captain Marvel could have easily destroyed Thanos by themselves. 
And Monica immediately says, we're not talking about Captain Marvel. There's some beef there. In a very dismissive, weird way. And you're like, uh, isn't that your mom's best friend? So something's there, right? There's something that we don't know about. And that obviously, whether that happens in Captain Marvel 2 or plays out here, I know we've been rumored to have a big cameo in this in this um, in this series, you know, I think a lot of people assume it's going to be Doctor Strange, but could it be Captain Marvel? Could Carol I kind of wonder was like, it I, was it is it Evan Peters like that? That would be if this was a big surprise. A lot of people were familiar with this. There was a lot of stuff on social media and a lot of stuff that came out in different reports that Evan Peters was going to be in Wandavision. So and and I'm like, it's my job to be up on that. I'm I'm so enthralled with that. I knew this was coming. I do wonder if to the cat, the person who is not embedded in all of this that sees Evan Peters show up presumably as Quicksilver from the X-Men franchise, is that what they have been describing as the Luke Skywalker level cameo? I don't know. I I mean, all due respect to Evan Peters. He ain't Luke Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mark Hamill. I'm telling you, like, if yeah. that is, then that's not a Luke Skywalker-like reveal. I'm sorry here. I, I again, also, Evan Peters I, is a lovely actor and enjoyed him in the X-Men movies, but let's be real. He ain't Mark there was, There's he more ain't to Luke do. Skywalker. Quicksilver. The character of Quicksilver ain't Luke Skywalker, right? <laughs> no. There's a handful no. of people in the MCU that you could say, like, that's equal to Luke Skywalker. I would argue Captain Marvel or Doctor Strange would qualify. Evan Peters as Quicksilver ain't it for me. For the multiverse of it all is a big thing, though. Hmm. Go ahead, Jamie. It's, yeah, it was. This was gonna say. It's. I feel like Evan Peters isn't Luke Skywalker, but incorporating the X Men yeah, movies, Skywalker. And also for me, you know that I have to say this. As soon as he came on screen, I was like, "There's a multiverse. Every single Marvel Marvel, Marvel project that's ever existed is technically canon. Agents of Shield is now tech is is 100 canon. We can't argue it anymore. Daredevil canon. Jessica Jones canon. Uh, Wesley Snipes Blaine. It's canon. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm here for it. What well, can I? Human hey, Torch, Jamie, Jamie, I want to just, uh, Jamie, I want to, I want to give you something that totally supports this. So, uh, when I was on, I can't drop this enough. When I was on the set of Avengers Endgame, uh, <laughs> I can't, can't <laughs> drop that enough, right? I'm just owning it. Whatever, it, it's probably very douchey, but whatever, it is what it is. Um, if you can't drop that a million times when you're on the Phase Zero podcast, when can you drop it? But so when I was on the set of Avengers Endgame, I was talking with Marcus and Mafili, and. Um, and talking to them about sort of writing the script, because I thought they just did such a brilliant job with that script, you know, wrapping up so many plots and keeping so many characters alive. Like, as a writer, you have no idea how impressive that feat was that those guys accomplished with that script. But we were just talking about it, and I was talking about, you know, when they were writing both, you know, they knew they had two movies. They were writing uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and they and they said, and we, he says, it was it was really great because what we did is we literally put up on a wall we put every character you could ever think of. He goes, and it was just like, we had this open canvas and it's like, he's like, he's like, if we want, if we want Darcy's boyfriend from Dark World, we can put him in. Like, <laughs> you know, that was the example they used. Like, it, like no matter who, how obscure or what, like we just, we had like every character in Marvel was really great. Like, who do you want to use? What do you want to do? And so obviously with the Russo brothers, they sort of created this universe and obviously got Kevin to sign off on it. And, you know, they created uh, end, Infinity War and Endgame. But I think to your point, that is, yes, like now that now that Disney and 20th Century Fox, that the assets are all under like, hey, we want Deadpool to show up, Deadpool can show up. Like it's, yeah. so uh, 
there is definitely that mindset of, hey, let's let's spread out all the toys and figure out what we want to play with. Yeah, I think yeah, and it, it's it that seems to be like the 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 too obvious answer that it is bringing the X Men. It's the exciting answer, but it almost is so forward that I don't want to believe it yet. And I also yeah. don't know how you bring just Evan Peters and not like the dark Phoenix of it all. Anyway, there is, uh, there is, there's Monica like, stuff in this episode. Hold okay. on, we got to move on. Yep. The, the Monica stuff in this episode, uh, it was very interesting. And I feel like she is one of the, the richest histories to, to, to dig into. And the, the, the Carol beef, I want to know more. Is it because her mom died and Carol knew something? I don't know what's going on there, but also she said that she needs an aerospace engineer and she knows just who to call. So the, the, my knee jerk reaction is Reed Richards. We're talking about the Fox characters that Fox owned. Oh Too my God, obvious. are we getting a Fantastic Four? Too, Too obvious. obvious. Then I think Rhodey, James Rhodes. He's literally an aerospace engineer. Uh, okay. Machine could be showing up. He's We already know he's in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but Don Cheadle probably would have said that in his interview because he said everything else. True. Then I think, okay, I've watched every trailer and promo for this in every way, shape, or form. If it's not Rhodey, which it probably is, there is that 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 thing that she's talking about building in this episode to take herself safely into Westview looks very much like the kind of transport that Hank Pym and everybody was using in Ant-Man and the Wasp to go into the quantum realm. Could it be Hank Pym? Could it be Scott Lang? Could it be Hope Van Dyne or even Janet Van Dyne? Could we get Michelle Pfeiffer showing up in Please, WandaVision? Michelle Pfeiffer, oh my God. <laughs> Please. Well, and, and by the way, there's already, you know, with Jimmy Woo there, there's already kind of a, there's an Ant-Man connection, right? Because here's the thing. Remember, it starts off Jimmy Woo saying, I was in Oakland. I have a missing person, right? So it's somebody he has a connection to in his role as an FBI agent exactly. in Oakland. Um, or in San Francisco in the Bay Area, obviously oh. in that, you know, in that world, in the Ant-Man world. And so, yes, could it be someone from, yes, what is it, could it be, you know, one of the Pims? Could it be, could it be Scott? Well, could it be Hope? You know, so. I've, I've got, I've got one thing to mention back to my that, original that thing. With that. Who is that missing person? Yeah. I've got my one thing that, that I mentioned before in Vision Quest, one of the leading scientists who put Vision back together was Hank Pym. And so there is a very strong connection there for for that to happen. So that so like he if if there were if we were betting odds, he's probably probably one of my favorites just because of that connection. But maybe it's Bill Foster. Maybe it's Bill Foster. Maybe Lawrence Fishburne shows up. I see the comment section. It's the rat from Endgame, the rat that saved the world. Uh, so that's gonna be interesting. Also I really like the theory I saw somebody tweeted this at me maybe Wanda is still telepathically connected with Monica and this Tyler Hayward guy, he's got Ward in his name. He's working for a very shieldish place. He's pretty sus. I don't know. Uh, I like that. I think that's a bit of a stretch to, to, to say Monica, uh, Wanda is manipulating all of Westview and also acting as a spy kind of connected with Monica in the real world. Uh, maybe also the one thing I did want to say, one of my favorite theories was completely squashed this week when they when they named Wanda's parents Irina and Oleg uh, Maximoff I was hoping that the the parents she had that were killed in Sokovia were actually foster parents or something that wouldn't have the Maximoff last name and Magneto could be out there as her real dad but it seems like that just put the kibosh on it I don't think it's a hundred percent because maybe they don't know I don't know. I, 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 I like to think that it's not necessarily, I don't think that's end all be all. 
But no. yeah, they but could, were, they, who knows? It, because because it's it, you easily could have said that they they placed that their last names. The reason they have the last name Maximoff is because that's who they quote Foster parents were. But the but the um, I do know this again. I'm not a comic book person the way you guys all are, but I do. Uh, one of my college roommate uh, was telling me he is a massive comic book fan as well, and referenced that obviously uh, Magneto is a huge part of the House of M storyline, and there's obviously a lot of similarities between House of M, the comic book storyline, and House of M, and what's happening in WandaVision. Well, right? in, in House of M, it's interesting because the Avengers and the X Men they spend most of House of M thinking that it was Magneto that that convinced Scarlet Witch to do this, but it was actually her brother. So, yep. um, so um, that could be an interesting, some kind of red hair. It was actually Quicksilver standing up for her when nobody else would. I mean, the Avengers and the X-Men were having these conversations. Do we literally put Wanda down because she's losing control of her powers? Magneto was basically felt backed into a corner in a rare showing for Magneto he was going to accept defeat. Like he was going to let them kill his daughter if that's what they decided. And he was participating in those meetings. Or no, he wasn't. He was not there. But Professor X was in those meetings. Captain America was in those meetings. All the Avengers, all the main X-Men, except for Magneto and Quicksilver, really, were in those meetings. And then they show up and she's gone. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they show up to find her, this reality-altering moment happens where an alternate universe is created on our earth where everybody suddenly has kind of the thing they want most in life has kind of been granted them, especially Wanda, because she lost control of her power completely to the point that it overtook the universe. And Quicksilver was the one who motivated her to do that instead of die. So what do we I will say, I will say hearing that, because I haven't read that comic, but hearing that, I'm going to, I'm now going to dismiss that because one of the things that Marvel does so well in their storytelling is they do mix it up and we're pretty soon after a father letting his evil daughter, you know, an evil father letting his daughter die or allowing, you know what I mean? Like pretty much all of Endgame, right? You know, but, you know, yeah. manipulating yeah. Um, uh, his daughters as well. So it feels like that would be a little too, little too, uh, you know, Thanos, Gamora, uh, Nebula, right? Mm. Um, yeah. I'm sure yeah. down that path in this right here. Um, but uh, certainly that would be very interesting. But it's interesting you mentioned Harward, uh, Harward, Haywood, 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 like, because again, episode, uh, episode four, he seems great, super nice, awesome, seems, you know, very respectful to Monica. And now you're all of a sudden you're like, uh oh, you know, like being very judgy on Wanda, I mean, not without full, you know, there's a little bit of cause there, but you know, um, yeah. uh, you know, very, very very interesting um in terms of like his character and like uh you know there's obviously there's more there yeah. with that guy well his character also choosing to take that shot at wanda is going to be an, an irreversible decision she now yeah. sees sword as the enemy any chance that they had of negotiating with her of talking with her of reasoning with her i think it is officially out the window and if i was wanda i'd be like yo um wanda walked out of those gates and she looked at hayward and she said, I'm not gonna, but I could. When she had all those guys point their guns at it. And so she just, she said more than, than killing him would have she, by, by choosing to, to let, let him off the hook. You know what that moment reminded me of in Jamie? Like, because like, uh, it's been a long time since I've watched it. But you remember season two of Jessica Jones, the bad guy in season two of Jessica Jones, 
who could use mind control on her. Forget the name of the character. Kilgrave. Yeah, Kilgrave. The first. Kilgrave. The yeah. Kilgrave. Like that. That was like that. That mm. was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw her like snap, and everyone just immediately took the guns pointing at him. Like I was like Kilgrave, but I couldn't remember the name Kilgrave. But I remember like you know season two villain of Jessica Jones. <laughs> like, but I felt like that was a you know, and so we haven't seen that kind of power from Wanda before. You know, that kind of massive you know, instantaneous mind control, which is what Kilgrave does in season two of Jessica Jones. And so that was fascinating as well, just seeing, you know, unlocking more of Wanda's powers. Yeah, and also there was a little detail where Hayward uh, says to Jimmy Wood, does she have any other nicknames or aliases or anything like that? And he says no, and that's because they don't call her the Scarlet Witch yet. I thought so we were I finally getting it in that moment. I, yeah, I, really so I, thought, I, I, I thought Darcy was going to be like, I've got a name. Since oh, no, that would be way too much like vibe on The Flash, how he names everybody on The Flash. I'm not having it. No, no, no. I think, I think that when this show is over, we will see her. Like Matt is saying, her powers have been growing. And we're seeing them. I mean, she's clearly more powerful than ever before if she's at least in part controlling all of these people, let alone if in total – but the way she controlled all those men to point their guns at Hayward, I think we're going to see it continue to grow. She's going to learn her powers more and more, eventually lose control of them, I think, completely. But as she grows, she's going to become a full Scarlet Witch, and you will – I don't know if they'll call her a Scarlet Witch. That would be kind of on the nose. I feel like they've confirmed that she's getting called Scarlet Witch. I, I hope so. That'd be I'm, cool. pretty, I'm like 90% name. sure that Elizabeth Olsen has confirmed that she's getting named at some point in WandaVision. They've got T-shirts printed already. I'm guessing. <laughs> um, you know what are we gonna do with all these Scarlet Witch keychains now? Come on. So wait. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You guys think we're heading towards a Scarlet Witch Vision all-out fight? If she doesn't Ooh. yell at him and say during one of their altercations, "You're a toaster." I'm going to lose my mind. That's a line from the comics. And Toaster is like kind of a mean name for Vision since he's just a, a, an electronic. He's a USB port. Uh, and so I, I, if they don't do that. But I think there has to be a showdown coming of some sort. where uh, Unless somehow like Wanda is revealed to be really totally not in control of this and also manipulated herself. I don't see any other way other than Vision clearly holding on to his moral standards that are kind of built into him and trying to stop her. And I have another question too that was raised. Sorry, Jamie, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was, no, no, no. let me ask this question then you guys, because I, I want you to, one other thing that was really interesting was, I think Darcy asks in the episode, wait, how is Vision alive without the Mind Stone? How did she bring him back to life? You know, and, and again, at some point Wanda says like, you know, uh, What's the line about death? She says, like, you know, once they're dead, you can't bring them back. Is there a chance that Vision is still alive in the MCU after WandaVision? Like, is this all, quote, part of the, like, if Westview doesn't exist anymore, or, or the, the hex goes away, right? Uh, does Vision go away? Does he, does he dead? Or has Wanda somehow reanimated his powers so that, you know, in the future, Vision is still alive somehow without the Mind Stone? I originally thought that this was going to be end of vision, but I think Jim made a really good point earlier about the comics and how um, I think that we might be getting vision forward um, just without, without previous memories. That's what I hope because I, I'd like to see more. I'd, I'd like to see more vision, um, but mainly I just want Wanda to be happy and I want her to have her husband and her children. 
Mayhem in action says they want to see White Vision at the end, and I'm all for that. I think that'd be oh my popsicle fell over. Uh, I, I think that'd be really cool to see uh, Wanda to see Vision in all white form. We'll just call him Vanilla Vision because he's a popsicle, <laughs> and he'll be vanilla flavored, all white. So listen, I think that's that's going to do it for our show. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? I have one last thing, um, which I thought was really interesting. So uh, I was just looking at the Wanda Vision trending on Twitter. And I came across this tweet from at it's me Arun Nima. I apologize, Aru, A-R-R-U. So I apologize if I just mispronounced. But uh, he put uh, Aru put two um, put all the screenshots of the commercials up in a up in a tweet. And he wrote, yeah. so the commercials are justifying slash explaining Wanda's actions. And I hadn't put this together yet, other than I just thought, oh, these are fun little you know uh, references, you know. Uh, to MCU fans, but it's really interesting. So the first, and he puts it up, and you look at them all side by side. The first commercial was uh, the Toast Mate 2000 from Stark Industries, and it's forget the past, this is your future. Then the next one was the watch, Stricker. He'll make time for you. So again, her powers, right, has allowed her to make time, right? And uh, the third one, find the goodness within, escape to a world all your own. That's the Hydra soak, right? And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then this one obviously Lagos for when you, for when you make a mess you didn't mean to, like yeah. really smart. And that's I, so I thought number one that was just a really interesting detail to sort of notice. Like again, if you look at look at them all sort of in a row, their taglines and you know how the story's going. And then also I just want to say to the creators and the writers and and Kevin, you know, like it's so brilliant. It's clear they've thought, like every other thing in the MCU, they have thought through every single detail and every single thing, not just for this episode, not just for this series, but for the grander universe. And it's just, it's breathtaking to experience. It, it's 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 very nice to have something to look forward to every Friday. The 2020 MCU drought was awful on all of us, and it's so good to have it back, especially at this quality where every episode keeps getting better. Casually cosplaying on Twitch right now, if you're watching on Twitch, make sure you follow us. Has a question for you, Matt, before we wrap up. What NFL team do you think each of the original six Avengers would root for? <laughs> I, know, I know Iron Man's rooting for the Steelers, right? Yeah, so Iron Man's rooting – Iron Man's rooting for uh, for the steel. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is. I mean, in terms of their real life, I mean, Chris Evans is a Patriots fan. Right. That's well known. Nobody's perfect. Um, you know. Uh, let's see. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, you know. Listen, and Joe Russo is a diehard Browns fan. Black uh, Widow would definitely be you know, an Chris Eagles Pratt, fan because Chris they Pratt reach the top and then they just fall. Seahawks fan. What? Black Widow would definitely be an Eagles fan because they unexpectedly get to the top and then all of a sudden they just fall off. Brandon, oh, see the, the 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 chief joke is is that uh, that that she would be a fan of the Patriots because of all the spying and Spygate and you know uh, <laughs> subterfuge. Um, you know, I guess like if you if you buy into I don't buy in the fact that uh, the Cowboys are America's team, but I guess if you buy that if you buy into that, that's how they're referred to. That Captain America would be a would be a Dallas fan. Um, let's see, uh, trying to think of, uh, I mean, Iron Man would be a, uh, would probably be a Steelers fan, but, um, the, uh, let me think Hulk might be a, a 49er Hulk would probably be a 49ers fan because (laughs) they're first off. So it's San Francisco tech world, Bruce Banner, 
you know, makes sense. And then you've got the 49ers, which have a really strong defense and they're really physical. Um, of course, they also got hurt a lot this year, so that doesn't totally buy in. But just in general, um, yeah, that's a uh, uh, that's a tough one. And then in terms it's a of, fun uh, one. In terms it's of a fun Thor, one. I mean, Thor would be a Chargers fan, right? It's the it's the yeah, bolts, that checks uh, out. Lightning bolts yeah. and um, obviously God of Thunder. So he'd probably just be a hockey fan, so he could like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, but, oh, there uh, you go. yeah, I guess he, he'd say, I, I don't watch football. You humans are too petty and tiny. And that would be it. My Thor that impression. That was a better impression better. than your Tom Holland impression. Much better than my Tom Holland. But, <laughs> but like Tom Holland, I could see him like Spider Man 3, Toby McGuire. Like, come on, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. And we're, that's how we end the show. So we make sure nobody comes back next week. <laughs> One thing I will say, if you want, that I think would be fun uh, for, your, for your listeners if they haven't checked it out, if you go on YouTube and you just search for, Avengers fantasy draft. So I convinced, again, Robert Downey Jr., everyone on the set was so great. And while I was there for two days, I was like, can we do some fun stuff, you know, behind the scenes to help promote the movie? And one of the things I did is I got Anthony and Joe Russo and Robert Downey Jr. to do an Avengers fantasy draft with me. So we we drafted a we had drafted Avengers. I remember this. Avengers, yeah. you know, we each we each drafted our our three um our three favorite. Like we have to save the world. Which three Avengers are we picking to save the world? And so I, I think you'll, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I like my team a lot. I think Joe Russo had a good team, but it was all, all really fun. And um, so anyway, I just think that's that's a really good mixture of Marvel and fantasy. It's like I love it. no, it's fun. I I watched that. It was fun. If anybody hasn't watched it, I, I do recommend it. It was a fun, uh, a fun video. And I think yeah. Uh, we should do something like that on this show sometime. A little draft. When, maybe when we don't have like a new episode or movie, we'll fill it with some drafts and some fun games. Uh, but listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Fazier, for watching us live on Twitch. If you're watching right now, make sure you're following comic book, uh, twitch.tv slash comic book. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please, five-star reviews, Spotify, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we're able to get awesome guests like Mr. Matthew Berry because of that. He says... He would do a, a podcast to talk about Marvel. But I know it's because we're just such a huge, gigantic show. He's here for the exposure, obviously. <laughs> I, will say, I will say in all seriousness, in all seriousness, um, uh, I, can't, I can't claim to have listened to this podcast quite a bit, Brandon. But I oh, it's brand new. That's Twitter, okay. And I've watched a lot of your videos. And I, really, and, I, and I found you merely because searching for you know, Marvel-related content, of which I'm really interested in, I discovered you and, and followed you because I really enjoy your content. And I'm a big believer that when you enjoy somebody's work, you should tell them. So I'm telling you. So it's a it's an honor to be on the on the show. And Jamie, I'm, it's thrilling to get to know you as well. Really enjoyed it. So nice to meet you. Well, thank you so much for that, Mr. Matthew Berry. Uh, that 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 is both humbling and exciting and terrifying to know that real people like you are actually out there and everybody who's watching watches that stuff. I like to make it and think I'm the only one who watches it. It helps me <laughs> perform in those videos. But uh, listen, Jamie, how can we find you uh, on social media? At Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. Um, spoiler warnings always. I use those. I use that WandaVision hashtag. That's uh, that's so uh, watch 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 yourself if you go to my page um, or just Jamie Jarek on Instagram. Uh, but that's just pictures of me. You don't want, you don't care about that. <laughs> uh, Matthew Perry has a big weekend this weekend. The Super Bowl is this weekend. I'm sure that's keeping you busy. What are what do you have planned this weekend? Uh, drinking, eating, watching the game, playing with my kids. That's it. Enjoy, man. Well, thank yeah. you so much so, for coming up, Fazier. You are it's over for me, so it's I get time to do yeah. stuff like this to to dive into Wandavision and talk with you guys and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
Lot Listen, we're gonna have to have you back. We have a, a full year of Marvel content. You were like, you're you. Th- I know you think you don't have a, an abundance of knowledge. You know your stuff. You were able to hang pretty well. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. So. I appreciate. Listen, that's a that's a massive compliment. I appreciate that. I'm, listen, and Brandon, just like you're trying here, I'll make this I'll make this promise to you. I'm trying to weasel my way back into the MCU. So if I manage somehow to do that, I'll I'll figure out a way to get you in there with me. Yes. Take me with you. I'm just. I just want Kevin Feige to finally watch my the audition tape for Nova. I've been sending him over it. I send it to a new. I send it to Kevin at at Marvel. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige too. Kevin Feige, and not, no responses yet. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, one. Hey, well, I we did a, another one of the videos that when we did that Avengers, uh, we did that Avengers fantasy draft. I did a I did a fun video with the Russo brothers as well. I won't spoil the ending. You should watch it. It's it's also there, but. Um, you just search like Matthew Berry Avengers on on YouTube. I think you'll find it. Um, but at any rate, like I'm I'm there with the uh, with the Russo brothers. They're like they're trying to direct, and I'm like over there. I'm like, hey guys, so uh, just want to you know talk about my arc. What are we thinking? Like uh, a Netflix show next, or you know, like I really want to get into the backstory. Why is he a Shield agent? Like you know, did he come from authoritarian parents, or is his parents really hippies? And this is ways you know going back. Am I Hydra? You know, or maybe, you know, did I start out as Hydra, but then I turned at the last minute to become good? You know, like I, I saw the light. Like, you know, should it should it be more of an ensemble next or a standalone series? Like, where are we going with the character of Shield Agent? Where were you in Winter Soldier? Where was you? Know? You do have a bit of a Coulson Easter egg behind you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's good. Tahiti point. right there. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Very much that's a. Right. Uh, um, I know. I, I was just like, can I get on Agents of Shield? Like, come on. Like, it can't. <laughs> so, um, I don't see why Shield not. Off the air, maybe there's a new series. Like, how could I? Anyway, yeah. so, especially well, with all these shows that are now going back in time, you know, that are going, that, you know, obviously we know Black Widow takes place before, uh, before Endgame. And, you know, we know some others are, are coming up. There's going to be some time travel stuff coming up. So, come on, man. Let's get a, let's get a grassroots, uh, Bring back the shield agent from Avengers Endgame. Listen, I'm gonna you, write it. Um, I'll be your writer. Thank you, Jamie. When you do get back, I look forward to you not telling us about it until the Tuesday after it releases. So, there you go. Listen, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out on Phase Zero. WandaVision episode five, mind blowing. If you want to talk more, hit me up at Brandon Davis BD on Twitter and Instagram, at Matthew Barry TMR on Twitter, at Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. You can find us. We'll talk all the time. Hashtag Phase Zero. I regularly search that hashtag. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow all that fun stuff. We look forward to a new episode with you every Friday. It means the world that you spend your Friday with us breaking down these new episodes. And it is even more awesome when we get to have awesome guests like Matthew Barry. So thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.